This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the carousel. Uh, I'm here with Rye Nationalists. Hello. It was the best time of our uh, It's great to be back, Isaac. It's always a pleasure. Definitely. Always a pleasure to have you uh, here, of course. So a uh, big day today because last night the news broke that the Maine Secretary of State, Maine is in the state, um, the northernmost state in America, um, <clears throat> essentially issued unilaterally a legal decision in which she is barring Trump <clears throat> from the ballot. Um, you are the perfect guy to have on to talk about this because you today just published two articles, not one, but two. One is called On Savior Complexes. It's in Lotus Eaters. And the other is called um, Leftist Deep State Wants Trump Assassinated, which is in Human Events. And in the latter piece, you go through a lot of um, sort of recent facts and analysis about the different ways in which the deep state or the regime is going to try to keep Trump from being elected, including going as far as to assassinate him. Um, and in the other piece, you are talking about the idea that there basically is no Red Caesar savior coming to, to help us. The church is not going to help us. Uh, nobody is coming to like, nobody within the regime is rational enough to come in, or sorry, rational is completely the wrong word. Nobody in the regime is a good enough person to come and like save us, basically, right? So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking um, about what's going, all the ways that the deep state is trying to stop Trump from getting in office, and then what you think about this most recent news with Maine. Yeah, so I mean, there. Uh... I think that this, the Colorado decision and then the Maine decision, I obviously it's a, it's a, um, it's a precedent. These, you know, the Colorado decision was a precedent and Maine, you know, they followed it in Maine now by doing exactly the same thing. And I think it's going to be catching. I think we're going to see quite a few other states try to pull the same kind of uh, switcheroo on Trump. They're going to try and get him off the ballot. But the thing is, you know, this is a year. I mean, we've still got a year until the election, more or less, 11 months, 10 months. This isn't the full extent of of um, of how Trump's enemies are going to try to bedevil him and get him out of the race. I, I have absolutely no doubt that this is just the start of the craziness. You know, I mean, there, so much can happen in, in 10 months. But in this in this piece that I wrote for human events, which I'd originally called the Brutus option, because um, basically I focus on the fact that, well, Robert Kagan, who is Victoria Newland's husband, 
So, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a mouthpiece of the deep state. Robert Kagan wrote a piece for, I think it was the Washington Post, where he basically was uh, talking about how a Trump dictatorship is inevitable, more or less. That's what he was saying. But what was interesting in particular about this was the way that he was setting Trump up as a Caesar figure in particular. And he made explicit references to Caesar, at least two explicit references to Caesar. And then the actual image, the main image that was used for this article was uh, a kind of photo montage of Trump's head and a bust of Julius Caesar. And I think that the, I think that the, um, you know, there's a, there's an obvious subtext to all of this. Trump is Caesar, but what happened to Caesar? Well, we know what happened to Caesar. I mean, Caesar was assassinated uh, when he became a tyrant and I do honestly think that that is potentially that that it's it's kind of predictive programming if you want, but there there seems to be a, a kind of wider established. They're sort of establishing this wider context, and and there were also other articles that have been popping up asking, you know, what would happen if if Trump died during the election cycle, and. I mean, this is this is a strange thing, and I and th- th- that's precisely what I say in the article. You know, why why is the mainstream media all of a sudden asking what might happen if Trump dies during the election campaign? Can anybody remember? Can anybody remember another another election campaign where that sort of thing happened? And I talk about the uh, Reagan Mondale eighty four. Reagan was an old man then, and. there was a certain amount of political capital was made of the fact that Reagan was an old man and he was already displaying certain signs of 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 dementia but it was all uh, there was a debate one of the debates might have been the first debate or the second debate that he had with Walter Mondale he made a quip about the fact that age shouldn't be a factor in the election and so he wasn't going to say anything about Walter Mondale's youth and inexperience. And that quip was enough. And, you know, people just forgot about the age issue then. It wasn't an issue for the rest of the for the rest of the campaign. There is no precedent really for the mainstream media talking about the death of either the incumbent, because they I mean they talk about the death of, of Joe Biden or the or the um or the challenger it's it's very it's very strange what's going on and and i talk about the fact that look there's no obvious okay trump is 76 or 77 however old he is there's no there there are no obvious signs that trump is unhealthy i mean if anything if you look at a if you look at a you know watch a video of trump or one of his appearances he actually looks healthier than ever i mean he's the guy the guy has has dragon blood or something running through his veins i mean he really is a he really is. He really is built different, and uh, so it's it's a, it's a strange it's a strange thing that's going on. But given given everything that's at stake, given how um, how much the deep state has to lose, uh, and the fact that Robert Kagan has has been setting up Trump as the Julius Caesar figure, and we know what happened to Caesar, then I do think that actually it is entirely possible that they might try something like the Brutus option. And I mean, Tucker Carlson has already spoken about this. Uh, and I, I just I think it's I think it's plausible that, um, you know, something like this, they might end up pulling uh, 
a trick like this because nothing else seems to work. You know, none of the other legal challenges, none of the other court cases have hampered Trump. They've made him more popular. The negative publicity has only served to increase his popularity, to increase the sense that he is persecuted and that he is being persecuted in, you know, for, for fighting for the rights of ordinary people. So, I mean, it's, he has this kind of martyr power. And there was a there was actually an article written by my friend uh, David Gonoski for Man's World for the website where he talked about the the martyr power of Donald Trump, you know, that this his enemies don't seem to realize that actually making him into this martyr figure, a, a kind of Christ like figure is actually just making him more and more powerful. And hey, I think you're I think you're muted, Isaac. Yeah, right. So, uh, no, I think that that's definitely true that, you know, like you do get the sense that with it is really weird. And it's so good that you're calling out all these articles of talking about Trump's death. It's very odd, you know, and, and it's very strange. And it's you're right. It's either predictive programming or it's just sort of like fantasy which I think you also say in here, you know, it's like, yeah, it's wishful, wish it's wish fulfillment for sure. There's 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 definitely a, definitely Um, a strong element of that. But uh, the other thing that I was talking about then where I was saying about, uh, I mean, at the end of the article, the human events article, then I say, look, Trump isn't Caesar. Trump's never going to be Caesar for good or ill. You know, he had his, he had his Rubicon moment uh, in 2020 and he didn't cross. And I mean, he may, you know, he, he he's going to come back, I think, and he's he's pissed off. And, and I think that he's a he's a more determined Trump 2.0. And people are talking about retribution presidency and all that kind of stuff. And I think, yeah, he probably will. If he gets in, he'll probably do things differently and he won't make some of the mistakes, I hope, that he made the first time round. But he isn't Caesar and he's never going to be, which leads into the which leads into the piece that I wrote then for the Lotus Eaters about the rights savior complex. This, you know, I mean, the left has a the left has a savior complex and the savior complex is the the individual leftists sense that they are you know a sort of uh, an agent of um of divine justice or of social justice rather you know that they are empowered to write all the great historical and uh social uh, uh wrongs sort of you know that have taken place but the rights the rights savior complex is externalized so rather than rather yeah, than yeah. the rightist thinking oh i i am a savior what they think is a savior is going to come along and so we see this with trump of course you know where trust the plan all the all the QAnon kind of stuff and bill gates arrested and executed at guantanamo bay all that, all that kind of stuff <laughs> pa- pa- patriots in control um but actually you know what I, what i say in in the piece is that this is this is really pernicious and it's it's stupid and we need to forget about it and i use the example of the catholic church and what the catholic church is doing right now because obviously you know people put their faith in institutions as well as individuals and you see a lot of people on the dissident right in particular who seem to think that you know what well, what we all need is you know we need to we need to convert we need to become trad cats or orthodox or some flavor of christianity and we need to sort of put our faith in in a mother church um but actually 
you know the the catholic church is is speeding is bringing about the great replacement and there was this dreadful scandal that actually hasn't really been that well publicized but i i wrote a piece um yeah i wrote this um uh piece for lotus eaters partly to raise awareness of this scandal so it turns out that senior figures within the catholic church um cardinals bishops have been funneling uh, millions of euros to NGOs that are bringing migrants to Italy and to Europe, including one NGO called Mediterranean. Um, but even worse than that, even worse than these secret payments that they've been uh, making to these NGOs to to sort of uh, help them bring migrants, is the fact that actually the leader of Mediterranean is a close friend of the Pope's, and he was brought to... Uh, brought to the um brought to the Vatican Synod I think in 2019 to speak about the migrant crisis at the at the direct invitation of the pope and there was a there was a certain amount of um uh disbelief at the fact that this chap had been invited but invited he was and he is a friend of the pope and so of course this raises the question then well were these payments taking place with the with the say so of the pope himself and frankly i wouldn't be surprised and i and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people wouldn't be surprised either but it but it you know it it just goes to show that look the the catholic church has been as an institution has been totally um has totally given itself over to the spirit of the times it has totally you know the catholic church is an institution that should probably have the most conservative mandate of any institution in the world you know the the catholic church's mission is to embody uh and fulfill the word of god on earth in anticipation of the end times regardless of of any kind of social norms or social trends you know it's it's fundamental mission is to represent the word of god and the truth of god and yet and yet it's doing completely the opposite it's been totally totally consumed by the spirit of the times and now it's and now it's happily sort of speeding along the great replacement of the european civilization that it was once you know the sole custodian of it's uh it's uh it should be i mean it's 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 amazing that it's not actually bigger news this story it's uh it but it's a scandal in italy at least and uh it's been reported somewhat on websites like um rmx.news but hasn't really been picked up but i thought that it was a very good example of you know given that the you know obviously it's uh the catholic church it's a religious organization and there's a there's a you know savior savior is involved in the in the very nature of the organization but it's just a just a good a good uh, example of the fact that actually you know institutional savior complex is really you know nobody is coming to save us we're not trump isn't going to come and save us and the catholic church isn't going to come and save us or any other institution for that matter we need well, to look to ourselves yeah because i mean the, the thing that all this shares in common is <clears throat> It's just, I mean, it's honestly impressive. It's impressive how well this Leviathan has set up and executed its plan, right? I mean, what's happening to Trump right now, so we have all these decisions coming out from the states that are determining the issue of whether Trump can be on the ballot within the meaning of the 14th Amendment. So there's some little clause in the 14th Amendment that 
really doesn't even apply to presidents, but is being used uh, to say that anybody who commits insurrection, which is, of course, not at all what happened, but to say that anybody who commits insurrection is not able to be, you know, not eligible to be president, right? Now, there's all kinds of legal problems with this. It's not going to survive any type of real challenge, right? But what's so shocking to me is how powerful this entity has to be in order to pull something like this off. Like they've been, they seeded this insurrection thing in, in the media perfectly, right? They perfectly seeded it. And then they lined up all of their uh, political appointees. The The main woman, right? The woman in Maine, who is the secretary of state, who by the way, secretaries of state have no gr grounds to make these kinds of decisions. It's completely made up. Like she just issued a decision. It makes no sense. It's totally unconstitutional. She's not elected at all. She's making all kinds of proclamations about Trump's state of mind, which is totally absurd. That's not the Secretary of State's jobs at all, right? But she worked for the ACLU for a decade before being, you know, they they trained her and they put her into position from years ago, right? And also, so you know the the vote on the Colorado Supreme Court to make it so that uh, Trump couldn't be on the Colorado Supreme Court. So three out of the five of the people who said yes to it were activist women, right? And then one guy, this guy, Richard Gabriel, Gabriel, 2021, get this, he's accused of sexual harassment and then the charges completely disappear. And you go to the Denver Post website where the charges used to be, and the article has been deleted from the website, right? So it's like they clearly got this guy. Like they clearly got to this guy, right? I mean, am I being too conspiratorial? Or it's like 2021 sexual harassment charges, suddenly they disappear and then boom, he's the deciding vote in this case? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think you're being conspiratorial at all. And I think that among other things, then this is a, a fine example of, of the of the long-term strategy of the left to infiltrate and subvert institutions and ensure that key personnel are situated you know in the right places in all the right places so that actually if they have to rely on a judge to make a decision in their favor they've got someone if they have to if they need a state you know um secretary whatever of this state. Yeah. yeah secretary of state someone then they've got then they've got them you know and it's yeah. and it's just Yet again, it's uh, it it reveals, I think, the fun one of one of the fundamental differences in political organization between left and right, which is that the left wants to win. Yeah, and and well, it's and... just incredible how effective they are. I mean, it's amazing. What I can't believe is that with the language insurrection, why did right wing organizations? Where is the right wing? Where are they? Why are they not filing claims against the Seattle people who did Chaz Chop, right? And who said, it's the summer of love. Like, where's the insurrection lawsuit against that woman, right? Like, like yeah. we should be, it's like our guys are just completely asleep at the wheel. Like, what are they doing? You know, every media organization should have been saying they're going to pull this insurrection thing. It's a 14th Amendment issue. I didn't hear that one time 
from any of our mainstream media people. I mean, they said they're going to try and keep him off the ballot, but they didn't say specifically how, right? No, no, exactly. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing. I think that they will find a way, and that's what they're yeah. that's also what's that's also what's uh so scary, I suppose, about this. And it's and it's what's scary about the Ricky Vaughan thing too. You know, yeah. they yeah. they they re they retrofitted or repurposed a clan yes. statute, an anti-clan statute from the eighteen from eighteen seventy from from the Reconstruction era, in order to in order to prosecute somebody for making internet memes about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you know, like that's I mean that's and, and they've also used they've also used these clan statutes to go after Trump and the Oath Keepers and people like that. But it, I mean, it's scary, you know. You if you if you want to, well, it's just a, it's just an illustration of the fact that if you want to get somebody, you can, you know. If, as long as you have the means, as long as you have a, a captured judiciary, um, uh, captured Department of Justice, etc., then you can you can go after the people who who you decide are your enemies, you know. And that's that that is again we see that the the left understands the friend enemy distinction in a way that the right just doesn't. The, the left is going after its enemies as hard as possible, up to and including you know, former president and uh, current presidential candidate, you know, I mean, if, and what, what's the right going to do about it? I mean, we we compl- people are, people are throwing up their arms in, in, um, in, uh, in outrage, but actually the right has to do something, you know, yeah. we have to, we know, we know now that this is the left strategy, that this is how the left operates. Um, and if, and if that's what's necessary to, to, to actually obtain power then maybe maybe we need to take a, a leaf out of their book instead of crying about how they're hi- hypocritical and how they're you know they don't care about the constitution they don't care about the rule of law i mean of course they don't they care about winning and they are winning yeah we just have none of this infrastructure we have none of this patronage infrastructure in place where we have a bunch of law grads on Adderall sitting around pouring through the you know constitution and you know they set up this insurrection thing from day one it's amazing i mean it's amazing how well the plan worked right it's like they set this up from day one so it's like and and you know it's not perfect like there's been these cases right there's the cases to get him off the ballot in arizona colorado florida michigan minnesota new hampshire rhode island and california actually which is not listed here but they lost most of those cases in New Hampshire throughout the case, Minnesota throughout the case. So they weren't able to get their people in the right position in most instances. Right. But they mm. were able to get them in the in position in like two of the cases which yeah. we have in in Maine and in Colorado. But to telegraph this from so long ago, you know, they obviously pulled a similar thing on Bolsonaro. Right. So it has yeah. to be the same group, but like, who is this group? Is it the CIA? Like, because this plan, it's not just, it's so obviously a plan that has been executed over time. So like, who is this that is executing this plan? You know, like, who is the deep state? Mm. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, look, there was that, there was famously, there was that 
Time article from 2021, the secret shadow campaign that you know right, saved yep. the saved the election. I mean, they, they said it out loud. I mean, right. they they spent they spent four years the four years of the Trump presidency denying the existence of a deep state, and then as soon as Trump was gone, and the deep state had actually had actually won, then they were they were quite happy to to acknowledge its existence. I mean, I don't. I don't think that the deep state is any single institution. I don't think the deep state is just the CIA or the NSA or the FBI or or those institutions combined. I think that it's just powerful people in 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 institutions like the CIA. I think there probably there probably are decent people in the CIA. There are decent yeah. people in the FBI that who who care about the rule of law, who care about you know American traditions and the Constitution and whatever, but. You have people like Victoria Newland, um, and then, uh, you know, and they're in they're in positions where they where they get to dictate policy um, along along the lines of their choosing, in conjunction with their friends in other institutions, in the State Department, in the media. Um, I think it's a. Uh, so I mean, part of the Newland? I, you you talk about Newland a lot, and I actually don't know that much about her. Why 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 is she like the perfect like example of the deep state? Well, Victoria Newland was. I mean, uh, there are probably people who are better placed to talk specifically about Victoria Newland, but Victoria Newland, I know, was very very heavily involved in the Maidan coup against Yanukovych. You know, so this is the coup that took place in twenty fourteen with the support of the US State Department um, to oust Viktor Yanukovych in Ukraine. You know, he was democratically elected uh, pro-Russian Ukrainian president, and he was ousted precisely for that reason, uh, because the US didn't want Ukraine to have a to have a pro-Russian president. And so he was he was eliminated in a color revolution. And um, uh, then we then you know, we got the the Ukraine Russia war, which has lasted to the present day and and is only escalating. Um, what is but Victoria that was... Newland's problem? Yeah, <laughs> what, well, what is I mean, her deal? yeah, well, I mean, her prob her problem is that she is, you know, she's part of she's part of the deep state. She's an Atlanticist. Um, What's an Hillary Atlanticist? Clinton? What is an Atlanticist? Well, you know that these people these people who use NATO to um, advance the sort of um, interests of the of the u.s deep state in particular um but yeah i mean so victoria victoria newland is yeah is one of these deep state people but of course you know her husband writes for the washington post sometimes and yeah. and and i think that i think that that that's what was so striking about that piece by by her husband robert kagan is like you know, he's saying he's a mouthpiece. Look, his his wife is Victoria Newland, and he's basically setting Trump up to be assassinated on the Ides of March by <laughs> by Brutus and his by a modern day Brutus and his co-conspirators. It's like, you know, when when the deep state speaks like that, that so openly in advance, we really ought to we really ought to be listening. We really ought to be paying attention. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's why the predictive programming thing is so important that you're bringing up that nobody else is bringing up, because look at how the predictive programming worked in this circumstance. They said insurrection three years ago, and then boom, they paid it off. They paid it off perfectly. And it's what's also so weird is all of these cases are culminating at like the same exact time. 
right? Yeah. All these insurrection cases just happen to be because it's private money. It's the, like if you look at who files these cases, it's all like the state, you know, the the free speech democracy organization, just very vague names for like big money donors that are just these like weaponized uh, patronage organizations that fi sit around and file these claims. And I guess they must have filed these claims all concurrently. And they're just all coming to fruition basically because the state court calendars happen to ripen at like the same time, basically, you know? But it's yeah, it's like, it's yeah. very it's it's very it is yeah it's yeah. totally suggestive of of a wider conspiracy, wider organization. And I think, I mean, I think fundamentally, at, at the very least, what it's going to do is it's going to prevent Trump from campaigning as effectively as he could have. Well, but just it, like how he couldn't govern effectively yeah. because of the last hoax, which was the Russia hoax, you know, which was exactly. also complete bullshit. Exactly. Well, it, I mean, it, so it, it means that, you know, on the campaign trail, he's got to be talking about this lawsuit or that lawsuit or. Right. And it's yeah. and it's um, and it, and it might even make it difficult for him to difficult for him to travel. And it takes time out of his takes time out of his schedule if he has to make court appearances and, and filings and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's lawfare. It's lawfare. Yeah, and it, and well, it's a and it's a and it's a weapon that they use against. Well, it's a weapon that they've used against Alex Jones as well, and and that they use against all all manner of of um, enemies, big and small. You know, it's just so People... amazing how much power they have. It's I I just can't. It's just crazy to me that they have this much sway. You know, where they can totally dominate the media, totally dominate the courts. You know, affect the Catholic diocese, as you're saying, right? Like, mm. how is it possible that they have this much power? Like, where is the money coming from and who is funding all of this? It's just, it's like unbelievable to me, like how good they are. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't sort of, I don't know what good, what good speculation will do, but it, obviously right. there is a, there is a, you know, there is money coming from somewhere, money that's being redirected. I mean, look, do, look, look what Julian Assange said about Afghanistan being, you know, a gigantic slush fund yeah. for for <laughs> right. for the redistribution of 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 money to corrupt causes. And look what happened to him. I mean, I think that I think that they funnel money in all sorts of different ways. You brought up the NGOs and, and all of these organizations. I mean, they're definitely a big part of it these non-governmental organizations but um the fundamental fact is that this is happening and it's i i think it's i think it's impossible to dispute that um you know trump is is very definitely confronting a shadowy <laughs> shadowy group that we could quite conveniently label the deep state um the thing the thing is though that i do this is something that i do think this is a, a caveat i think um you know they are incredibly powerful of course they're incredibly powerful uh that that that's clear but this is also i think a moment of of great danger for them as well you know i think ideally they would rather not have to do what they're doing to trump what yeah. they would rather they'd rather have a decent candidate who could just win the election yes, and yes and I maybe yeah, yeah and maybe maybe in the future that might be someone like gavin newsom but at the moment 
they're stuck with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for for whatever reason, probably just because, you know, they can they can do exactly as they please with Joe Biden because he's he's senile and, and you know, he's in nappies and, and you know, I mean, they have to they have to keep him um, jacked up on all sorts of crazy yeah, oh, experimental yeah. drugs. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. No, that was a great moment in the Tucker and uh, Tucker Alex Jones interview where, you know, he's like, no, I he, basically Alex Jones admitted that he talked to like a makeup artist or something. And he was like, oh, yeah, he's being injected with amphetamines like every morning. Like that is what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Which has got to be it. Um so, all right. So last question before I let you go, uh, what can we do about this? This is what is so frustrating. I mean, it's like the, the power of our enemies is, is, is awe you know, it's, it's, it's just incredible. I just can't believe that they were able to pull this off so well. Mm. So what can we do about this? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it's this hopeless situation. And of course I'm, I don't believe in, being blackpilled but like what can we do about mm. oh i think it I, yeah i mean i think look i think that i think that we need a sober sober um sober analysis of all of this we do need to we do need to come to terms with just how bad things are and also how much is at stake but i mean i think look i actually think that what we need to do is that we need to we need to be looking at what's happening in Poland at the moment and also and also what's mm. been happening in Hungary for oh, okay. since since Viktor Orban came to power so compare and contrast Poland and Hungary you know the, the great failure of PIS the the um the Polish conservative party that's just been ousted uh in in basically like a liberal a liberal coup uh was not to um not to create its own deep state, basically. So PIS was in power for however many years. They were in power for a long time, but they did nothing whatsoever to consolidate their hold over the institutions of government and the media um, so that if they got ousted, if they lost the election, they would be able to get back into power. Now that they've been ousted, there's no infrastructure to support them. Compare that with Hungary, what's gone on in Hungary. Viktor Orban has cleaned house. You know, he's made sure that actually like liberal interests and, and uh, sort of deep state is isn't entrenched in the way that it is in Poland and the, the way that it is in in America. So, you know, he's been creating parallel or not parallel, parallel institutions. He's been taking control of institutions and turning them, you know, in the in the right direction, in a conservative direction. And so, I mean, if Trump, if Trump, I think that firstly, what needs to happen is that Trump obviously needs to get in. Yeah, right, right. And yeah. then, and then, what he what he needs to do mm-hmm. is he needs to clear out the institutions. He needs to, he needs to to go after the deep state. He yeah. needs to get rid of, of um, you know, these hostile actors at every at every level of the administration. So we're not just talking about Victoria Newland. We're also talking about ordinary bureaucrats, you know. Um, and this is actually this is as well. This is something that that Javier Milei is doing now in Argentina, right? He's all of these ridiculous, all of this massive, massive um, 
bloat of of bureaucracy that's taken place in Argentina over decades. He's just getting rid of all of it. You know, these are all people who have been brought onto the government payroll by by people by by governments that are on the left, basically. And so, of course, all of these people who've been brought onto the payroll are going to be anti-Malay, yeah. are going to be, you know, are going to work against him from within the institutions. And so he's very cleverly, he's just, he's just, you know, started a bonfire and he's just, he's just throwing them all on it. And there needs to be, Trump's mistake in 2016 was to, uh, well, from 2016 to 2020, was to underestimate just how deeply entrenched opposition to, to Trump and to, and to, to populism and, and to, and to a different way of doing things was he didn't realize that actually he had le- he had enemies at every single level of the administration and actually what he needed to do in order to be able to do anything at all was first to get rid of as many of those enemies as possible and actually have actually have people um you know friendly actors in their place and so i think i think that we need deep deep institutional reform and he needs to find a way to do that because of course they're going to prevent him trying to trying to do that as well so it's different i I don't think it's i don't think it's an easy task at all but i think i think that when you as i said at the beginning you know when you when you compare and contrast poland and hungary that shows you the difference it's like Poland is going to go full global homo now, and it's unlikely that they will that PIS will get back in. You know, Poland is I won't say Poland is lost, but it's certainly it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long and a hard road back into power for the Conservatives in Poland. Whereas Orban has been very canny and he's consolidated his position um not just electorally, but also within the institutions. And that's that's what Trump needs to do. Um, but first of all, he's got to get into power. Yeah, I can. Comp- I mean, <clears throat> right. And that's the I think the lesson of Poland and Hungary is very good. Once we can get back in. Right. Then we got to have Trump be like, no, no fucking around. Like it's got to be. I mean, and this is why it's. You know, we always say this thing about Red Caesar, we say about Trump kicking everybody out. So in a way, it's like by destroying democracy, they're forcing Trump into a much more dictatorial. He would have never been like this at all. He would have been a very normal president. You know what I'm saying? Like he wouldn't have like taken over America. He was just going to build a wall like he would have been totally fine. But they've pushed him. They've pushed us into a position where it's like, all right, well, you're not even going to let our candidate run for election. So, of course, tyrannic, of course, dictatorial uh, wins are in the air because what else could there possibly be? You know, it's an appeal to heaven situation. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're going to end up turning him into the guy that they thought he was, you know, because there's just no choice. Um so yeah, they need to get rid of absolutely everybody. He needs to take huge steps if he can get back in there again. The question is though, what do we do in the meantime? Like what do guys like you and me do? Like you know, is it enough? I I feel like what we do is just facts. You know, what we need is facts. We need to take that like weaponized autism that remember when we defeated or like for not we, but 4chan defeated uh uh, Shia LaBeouf's flag 
<laughs> like it was yep. like by by just so much collaborative effort to find out information. We basically need to do that back because they're paying people to do that, right? And we need to use our guys to just weaponize autism and every single one of these judges, every single one of these deep state longhouse heritons, we need to find out everything about them, right? We need to, re like, I can't believe none of our guys read the constitution close enough to know, obviously every state court is gonna try to make this a 14th Amendment, you know, 14th Amendment, Section 3 issue. That's, we should have all known that before a week ago, right? Like, we need to do a better job knowing what they're going to do, right? You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think that that's yeah. what we need to tell our guys, like, publish this stuff on Twitter. Thank God we now have Twitter. Publish it on Substack. Get the ideas out there. Uh, and that's how we basically resist them. Yeah. That's what I would say well, do in the short run. Well, listen, I, I'm actually, I have been... I've been doing some brainstorming for Man's World over the over the Christmas period and um, uh, thinking up new uh, features and essay series that we can that we can run. And one of the essay series that I wanted to, or that I'm I'm going to run that I'm going to call for uh, submissions for, is going to be called the Coming Storm. And what I what I want is I want people to think about exactly the ways that. The deep state, Trump's opponents yes. are going to are going to try to prevent him from becoming president. Yeah, so yeah, I mean need, that's a great yeah, idea because it'll force people instead of just writing these fucking think pieces. Like we do not need any more of your not you anybody's <laughs> opinions. We don't need any more opinions. We need people to write get the facts. And yeah, I think an assignment like that is perfect because it's saying put your mind energy on trying to predict the things they're going to do. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that that's like exactly right. As you've done with this piece about collecting all of these instances of Trump's going to die, right? I mean, that's really important because then we can, now I know that, right? Now we can go back there and say, all right, Raw Egg already covered this. We know this is something that could come, right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, and I, and I want, I want people who have, decent legal knowledge and knowledge of the constitution and, and knowledge of bureaucracy and all these kinds of things to, to contribute if possible. You know, I'd love, I'd love for somebody to say, look, actually, you know, like you were saying about the state constitutions, maybe they're going to try this, you know, it, it looks like things are going in this direction where they could use this, you know, anti-clan statute or whatever, you know, because I think, I think we do need to, as you say, we do need to anticipate uh, exactly what they're going to try because uh because this is just this is just the beginning it's not going to get better it's going to get worse right exactly and we need to know their moves so we can take moves you know we need to have moves we need to have you know all of that power of our brain power i mean unfortunately we don't have the budget right so it's hard for us to file for example a citizens rights claim a frivolous one that we all know is frivolous right like these ones in this instance it's very hard for us to do that because we don't have the budget right but we at least need to have the idea to do it <laughs> you know what i mean and in this instance we didn't even have the idea there should have been long before this happened some right-wing lawfare where's america first legal right they should be filing a claim right now against the governor of washington or whoever that woman was who said yeah, let's give them this, you know, like, yeah, it's it's great that uh, 
these people with AK-47s have taken over parts of our city. Like that, that is insurrection, right? Where's that law yeah. lawsuit? You know, that lawsuit has to be filed like now. Like, what are they doing? So anyway, um, cool, man. Well, dude, thank you so much. I think uh, we're, we're uh, yeah, we wanted to make this short and sweet. I'll put all the links in there. Anything? Yeah, and definitely uh, listeners, please, when Raw Egg makes that announcement on, on Man's World to submit to this, uh, what, what's it called again? The coming storm. Yeah, the coming storm. Uh, please submit your ideas to that because we need you on this. So um, thanks so much, man. It was an absolute pleasure, as always. Cool. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you later. Thanks, Isaac.